2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: The first four hours were simply an amuse-bouche. I'm stuffed.
0: I can't remember the last time I ate
1: this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. I'm good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. I'm a go. Hold
3: on. Go. Well, we welcome you to our emerging podcast. Still looking for an emerging name to the podcast, uh, presented by Extend Technologies, xtenda dot So excited. So excited for everybody to be with us. Uh, today, as we're still we're gonna have to we're gonna have to take that NIL discussion to another level tomorrow. I don't want to do it on the podcast. Me either. I'm getting so much reaction that I'm like, oh
1: hey, let, let me get in. Let me get in. I want to respond. we need callers on this, though. Stop looking at your phone. We need callers. We need perspective. Um, Because I
3: I know that I was very highfalutin at the end of that segment and got on my high horse.
1: You got on a – you were like on a draft horse. That's how tall you up you were.
3: Yeah. Well, it, it reminded me of me from like five years ago talking NIL in college. And I'm just going through going, all right, these are the good parts of it. These are the bad parts of it. But do we have to save everybody from themselves? So we'll do that tomorrow. Um, That's what I hate. And I want to, again, encourage administrators, if you voted against it, and for those just joining us, it failed miserably today in the state of Ohio, uh, the NIL high school deal. And we'll pour over the actual details of it, because right now we're just saying NIL. Well, there, there had to be provisions of it and everything. And I'll even admit I'm not the most educated on that specific proposal. Of outside of NIL, I was kind of talking out of my ass, but I'm sure oh. most of the fans responding were too. So,
1: are we all talking out of our yeah. ass? Well, that's, that's what what in Thing lives. is, it's ass talking.
3: That's what the show is. That's, that's what the makes name it great. Of the
1: oh, show. oh my god, the podcast talking out of our ass. Brought to you by Extend Technologies. I didn't mean for that to. The rhyme. company won't. sounds
3: bad. The company won't let, let us. us. Okay. They just they've I've already shut out of it our down.
1: Podcast. Uh, They've
3: already shot
0: it down. Can I can
1: I switch up gears on you real quick just so yeah. you don't blow your stack just,
0: on uh, last thing, we need to do that early in the show. So yeah. those, so those people yeah, before school, before school starts. Yep. So we'll do early it early in the, in the show.
3: Administrators or coaches, call in and you know we're explain not to, to us. We're you gonna get be, the
1: Deshaun Watson so we're gonna get the Deshaun Watson whatever handed down tonight and then we have Fine, to do Fine. If that that's tonight. what it takes to get an answer and get our get our lives on with Browns, We'll do it. That's how it always works. Anytime we have something we're really excited to talk about tomorrow, there's always breaking news. It's like, yeah. well, and then we never get to do it. Um, I have a problem here. Go ahead. So I got, I had a hankering for cheddar. Yeah, I want to try one of cheddar. those. Cheddar. hankering. Go ahead. Yeah. I had a hankering for cheddar popcorn. And my problem is, is I don't uh, like, I like popcorn no, and I like, I like the these. taste. I like these. But I don't like the hulls being left in my mouth. So I avoid popcorn that's, usually at all times. It's really bad
3: for broadcasters.
1: You're yeah. doing an ASMR thing right now. But now I've started eating it, and that now I don't want to so stop. That is so good. And the, t- podcast, the podcast is started. Have to suffer. <laughs> you're going to have to suffer for our enjoyment. And now, like, I can't sit here and, <laughs> now, like, sit here and eat because it's unprofessional. Nah, 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 I'm going
3: to go downstairs and buy some during the podcast. This is incredible. <laughs> Ringing endorsement. Cheetos know, popcorn. We're not even getting paid for it. No. Cheddar. There's cheddar in that. I'm, I'm going to let you it, choke on your own. Is this the hole. seven cheese popcorn? Cuz everything, a... nothing can just be right. one cheese no. anymore. You have to have at least 5 to 7 cheeses what are, to be cheese considered blend? interesting.
1: I need to know cheese my cheese way as a big thing and now it's back and I love it. I love it cheese. Is I back. need to know
0: is it and it's got to be more than just cheddar. An American, I need a Swiss,
1: a Havarti. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, a you're nothing without Havarti. You're yeah. nothing. The emerging, uh, the emerging cheese scene, brought to you by Extend Technologies.
3: Now, is that is that contributing to the downfall of America? The the multiple cheese situations. Yeah, I mean, probably. it's probably every,
0: why I look the way I look today.
3: Everything is cheese, 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 and more. Because now they tell you no bread, you can't do bread anymore. Which you're trying to rob me of. You know, the free part right. of the expensive meal at every restaurant is the bread, the incredible bread. And I love, at every restaurant, we were just doing this in D.C. over the weekend, we love grating the bread, because a lot story. of places, bread is an afterthought, and some of them, they take a great Texas deal of bread. Hay-
1: House. House.
3: Yeah? you can't say the other thing. Roadhouse, Texas what?
1: Roadhouse, what do they do? Texas Roadhouse.
3: What do they do? I haven't been there in so long. What do they do for bread? What's the bread situation? I they almost do, said what
0: my buddy said. They do a, a great body. buttery roll okay. with <laughs> a cinnamon sugar butter. Yeah. That is. Oh my God. <laughs> um, oh my God. Oh my God. It's it sounds amazing. It it's like That's a just, dessert. Just, <laughs> <laughs> wrote yeah. Out. Yeah, you can't say that thing that no, you really want to say. Here, it, man. It, I don't know. Which it. I'm sure
3: people know.
1: Mike's off. Three, two, one. All right, Mike's back on. <laughs> okay. My buddy calls it that.
3: Sometimes it's a simpler thing.
1: Yeah, my buddy calls it that and now it's like in my head and so I can't say it any other way. Like mm-hmm. I can't panera bread. I yeah. call it pantera bread. Okay. Cuz of my buddy, my other buddy, Well, my other buddy. I Ronnie call it St. Louis bread. Company. Did you know oh, okay. that
3: they they, I'm an original. they Panera is not going to be not going to be boxed in. No. They're not going to allow you to define what they are Oh, no, because no. all of a sudden and we are we are always reinventing ourselves. We themselves. are frequenters of that place because of their amazing wow, salads.
1: Congratulations on all your success. Now
3: they're their $15 salads. Now they have launched into and and by the way, I'm saying that I'm not trying furniture. to furniture.
1: They make furniture. They
3: now. they they actually they actually they run it all. They're going to have their own bakery pretty soon. It's going to be everything. They do chicken Sammys. They do yeah. uh pizza flatbread pizzas, right? Uh they'll do your HVAC. They'll come by and their their Panera uh hvac as well they'll come by and they'll solve everything a- I'm anything
0: s- i'm sleeping on the panera mattress now it's Ooh. amazing it's fluffy light and fluffy
1: so i'm sorry yeah I, but i get the calls stuck in my mouth and i don't want to ruin my lunchy because i think i'm gonna have chinese oh but i want to go to a place like in in Town. yes and get takeout. i'll give you
3: some recommendations
1: will you yeah okay cool um so I don't want to get right to the thing we were going to talk about now, but I think we kind of should. Brought to you by dot com. Do you have anything you want to get off your chest about the Browns, Guardians, Cavs, Watson, Baker, anything before we get going here on this? Excuse me. I didn't
3: understand that tweet today. Me? Let we'll me just be really quick. On um, the guy at CBS, I think we've had him on, Jonathan Jones. He yeah. said something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Jadavian Clowney. And it's like, who's not keeping the eye on, Genevieve and Clowney, we've all just assumed he's going to the
1: Browns. So you make making fun of John the Jones?
3: I, maybe he's just not here so he doesn't realize that I think on it. most of the rosters that any of us have constructed, and we're talking about holes of the Browns, some of their limitations, some of their strengths. Everybody I've talked to is just assuming I, Genevieve and Clowney is the Browns.
1: I also think the timing's okay because he's a he's a guy who's trusted for news mm. on a lot of things. And so you'd You just found out this week Landry's not coming back. It's, that's, it's, it's done. So Landry was one of the names people put in like, hey, can we have a return? Could he be interested? And then he's gone. And so when you tell them Jadevian Clowney is still like basically wanting to come back, it's like, oh, okay, cool. We're cool. Like you feel better about it. I think it's a reassurance to some fans. Because if you don't have Clowney, it's like, oh boy, like, okay. Like, I, I went from, like, hey, if he wanted multiple years, I, do, I wouldn't give him multiple years. I would not give Genevieve and Clowney multiple years. But if he comes back on a one-year deal, hey, that's fine.
0: Well, and you go and you look at the, just to compare the Jarvis situation, the receiver that they drafted, you're kind of expecting that's going to be, he's, you're of Jarvis. course, not going to be Jarvis Landry, but Jarvis Landry-type numbers, right? They didn't, they didn't bring in a defensive end through the draft that you're like, that'll replace Clowney right there. Like, we're fine with that. I think people still need you need Clowney on the defense to feel comfortable with the
3: defense. I need, yeah, yeah. I need him to feel a lot more comfortable, I, a lot more comfortable, right? Especially considering, you know, the losses from last season. I mean, oh. it's, it's Malik Mc, Malik McDowell actually, no, he's not, he's not a Pro Bowler or anything it's like that. Ways, but he did, and and so I need, at the bare minimum, I'm going to need that. Plus, Tack McKinley's gone. But even if it's if. And
0: maybe it's just because Malik he was Jackson. so outspoken when he was drafted. But Malik McDowell, you're like, well, they got Perry and Winfrey. Right. Like, maybe that's a replacement yeah, there. Yeah, that's
3: true. I'm expecting good things out of him. Now, I, I, again. It'd be nice he's to a, have he, them all, though. He's a, he's a fourth rounder, so I always, just because we didn't have a first rounder and then ultimately didn't end up with a second rounder. Now we're assuming the fourth rounders are our first rounders, right. and it's like no, it's not really how it works. It's gonna
1: be interesting to see how what we get out of Tommy Togia this year.
3: Man, it seems like some people are writing him off, and they're they're like he would have flashed by of now. Side, out of
1: mind type of thing. he was he wasn't activated for a lot yeah. of the games.
3: Yeah. So, but I think that 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 stands to reason that if you were ever ahead of schedule or somebody that the organization really has. Really has fingers crossed, like big expectations. He would have made it to the field. Well, that's
1: true, but when I say Tommy Togiai, like again, you have to have somebody you have to have somebody who can take up double teams. And I was hoping he could take up double teams. Now we'll see. Now when I say what to get out of Tommy Togiai I mean, this year, it's can he rotate? Not can he start? Can he rotate I mean
3: Ken, he was not some mystery prospect out of Saint Augustine's.
1: Ohio State.
3: He was Ohio State. Saint Augustine's. Saint Augustine's. Okay. Saint Augustine's. He was Ohio State. Saint Augustine, out of
1: Brockport. <laughs> right.
3: right I, I guess I I would have expected he's he's had all those years of being under the microscope at Ohio State, and then you know within the organization for two years. That's why I kind of for me it was like out of sight, out of mind. We were excited. We had him on after he got drafted, and remember I remember got he got really, off really
1: quickly. Yes, he, he like, did. He, like just hung up or whatever. But
3: me being the Ohio State homer, I jumped into whoa, this could be a steal. And I don't really feel that way anymore. Well,
1: we'll see. I, I thought he was going to probably be a little bit of a project. I didn't know he was going to be that much of a project. And every time I see Sheldon Day on the field, he makes a play. But they don't seem to like Sheldon Day that much.
3: Right. Yeah, I would agree. It would seem so. that way, too. But, you know, hey, it always opens up other opportunities for other guys. You just love thinking about, as, as a fan, like, who are the steals of the drafts in years prior? Who are the guys that burst onto the scene? Because now... In the NFL, I mean, guys are ready to go at so many different positions mm-hmm. immediately. I mean, I feel like when I was young and in the 80s, it was like, oh, we draft this guy and it's going to take some time and this could be five years down the road. Screw that. I mean, nobody has that much time mm-hmm. to wait on anybody. And Andrew Barry, he might, feel, he might feel like he's comfortable here and the Browns you know, have a great relationship with him and he's going to be the GM for the next 10 years. And we're going to be a normal organization for once. But you don't know. Never know. You don't know in this climate anymore. Yep. So you don't wait on anybody.
1: Anything to add? That's it. Okay. Anything to add over there? Nope. All right. Bring your scenario to me. This is great. Stock as payment.
3: Where were we first talking about this? We were just in the studio, weren't we? Stock as payment. It was but why were we? Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Thank you. I was like, what? Are, I, well, you brought it up last I, week I, I, yeah, and I wrote it down because yeah, yeah. I
1: meant to do it in last week's podcast and then something else got brought up and I knew you were hot on it, so I wanted to bring it up now.
3: Yeah, so you see this from time to time. Uh, Darren Revell is somebody who has these anecdotes of people that have just, they've, they've gone to generational wealth because they decided at a certain point in their life While living during a certain set of circumstances and a certain rise of startups, that they were going to help that startup. And because they were buddies with those individuals that were involved in the startup, or it just happened to be right place, right time, they took some stock as payment, stock options as payment. And then it became Facebook, and now they're sitting on $200 million. Okay, Instead there's of the
1: the thirty grand, yeah. the
3: fifty grand that they would have taken. Okay, there's the flip side of that too. There was somebody who was a landlord at a place near Palo Alto during the tech boom, mm-hmm. and they, I think, rented out their home to Zuckerberg and I think the guy, uh, Peter Thiel, who. You know, if you're familiar with that world or yeah. whatever, Peter Thiel. <laughs> I've actually read a Peter Thiel book. Is that Justin Timberlake or Andrew Garfield? Oh, that's a good question. Who was I he in that? that was Justin Timberlake. Who was he depicted in that movie? My I'm, I'm I'm mind sure.
1: immediately went to the yeah, social right. network, too. Yeah, you're right. Social yeah. network.
3: Uh, and how many drugs it's were there? It's not being Army consuming? Hammer. That's Hopefully what I many.
1: Know. Oh, many. Army Hammer. If you're going to get it going, you might as well consume many. Go ahead. Yeah, so
3: uh, whoever, whoever was the landlord you know was like hey you know this is this is what it's going to cost either buy this house or whatever and they're like hey can we pay in stock we pay in stock we're 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 going through rounds of funding we're going to have all this money and if you want we don't have the cash we're not liquid right now we don't have the cash to pay you this but instead we'll just give you some stock and if this thing hits i mean my god you're going to be worth millions tens of millions hundreds of millions of dollars anyway he passed up on it for the 30 grand mm-hmm. which is what he needed and now, of course, the anecdote all these years later is it would have been worth, I think, like $100 million if he just would have taken the stock well, and instead did not. And it's how, like, you idiot, how some, could you not take
1: this? Can we get some math? Can I get a approximate time when they were renting the house to when Facebook went public?
3: Yeah, look up the – if you can, Owen, look up the – I should have came I, in prepped, and yeah, I, as well, usual, no, I, I'm not. No, because I,
1: I, I trojan horse you there for a minute. Like, I, I got to know the math on it because I think there's a couple things. You got to not need the money like crazy. If you need the money like crazy, cash is always king. I probably said that way too close to the mic, and I'm sorry. Um, if you need the money right now, cash is always king. You're if right. you don't necessarily need the money, then you probably don't care, so it's probably a bad question or to say you don't need the money everybody needs money so it's like can you float it out and do you believe sure. it's basically do you you're making an investment giving them a place to live that's your investment in their company you get the stock back i mean yes. that's basically how this works
3: yeah a guy that did so, a guy that did make money did take him up on the stock options yeah. was just an artist i guess an artist uh, did a few murals for them, what's, took stock, and then made a couple million dollars. On
1: your mortgage of the house, of the place that you're renting out, right? Mm-hmm. How much do you charge over to turn a profit? If you're a you landlord, mean What's the markup? What's the markup, yes.
3: Oh, I mean, in real estate, it's... <laughs> it's... I mean, you're... It, it, you're, you're keeping enough to make your cash. And then these guys, and, and just talking to these people over the years, they have the whole formula down exactly. where they know exactly how much they need to make so they can keep this going, know, they know what their management costs are, to hire a management company to to fix the light bulbs and to make sure and so a lot you, of them
1: try to do it themselves and that's where that's they a end di- in yeah it's a
3: disaster that's yeah. just not worth the time and energy it's and tough. then you, to get the ball rolling you end up with ten
1: properties second. yeah and I go hey, it all
3: sounds like a great idea oh
1: yeah well I sit there and I go hey I like to sleep five hours a night imagine not being able to sleep any hours of the night not being able to sleep at all that's what owning a place is no and then and in, my jobs yeah. on top of owning a place and renting it out to somebody. That's what that. And becomes. then in
3: the early stages, you realize, oh, if I'm not going to do this for a living, it's just going to be some extra cash coming in. I just need to make sure I have the right renters that are yeah. going to be here, and but I'm not even going to keep raising the rent on them because if I do that, I'm going to have turnover, and then the turnover is going to cost me yep. in the months that the place is not rented out, and I'm just going to get bad tenants think, over time. Well, that's why and I think that's a disaster, and
1: especially now, like there are there are laws in place to they're designed. To protect good tenants, and they should protect good tenants. I get that, and I've hey, I've played enough programming and have listened to enough fair housing to understand good, bad tenants, things like that. But there's also what can you do to prevent bad tenants or to remove bad tenants? Because there are such things as bad ten- tenants who use these will use these laws to their very best advantage. It's almost like it's that's their job is to squat. So you can always run into that problem, and that's a problem I just, I just don't want. I know that there's so much money in real estate, and everybody's like, you got to buy property, you got to buy property, you got to buy property. But it's so hard. And if you have anything else to do, it becomes such a tough commitment. Like, I totally believe in fair housing. I totally believe in fair mm-hmm. renting. Of course, everybody should. But then it becomes a question of, you st- I, think, I think there's some people, they start to get bogged down by fear, and then all of a sudden they make a terrible decision. And an unfair decision. And then all of a sudden, like, good people, because of mm-hmm. pressure, make a really bad decision that affects them for the rest of their lives. So I think it's a scary time to do it. However, this is still the thing we're talking about, what I accept stock as payment. Yeah, and what, now, real quick,
3: before you answer, I, 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 what happened was the Internet shamed, you know, the people that eventually they turned down these offers to make a lot of money. And all I was saying was put yourself in the shoes of any of these people, not not just the real estate, whether it's the artist, whether it's just anybody, somebody who tried to market at a low level with these people. Mm-hmm. Got to remember, okay, we're talking during the tech boom. Okay, what years... So this, I've got the
0: story up from Entrepreneur Magazine. Oh, good. Oh, okay. go. So th- you know it's good, right? Yep. This was in the summer of 04, hmm. summer of 2004. They rented, they offered the stock, she said... Uh, let me find the exact quote here. Judy Fusco said that she told them, I read the check, so it was 5500 a month after a $10,000 down payment. Okay, right? yeah. So after reading the $10,000 down payment, she said, I read the check and I asked him what he did. He told me about his company and how he planned to connect the world. I said, I don't care if you're going to connect the world. If this check doesn't pass, you're not moving in. So, the reason that this came up is it's up for sale right now for five point three million dollars. <laughs> the house is. It's Jeez. called. This is the Casa de Facebook house that Zuckerberg has referenced several times. Okay.
3: Um.
1: The house is for I, sale for five and a half million. Yeah. Yeah. The in the, Los Altos, California. Geez.
3: Yeah. The so the people are getting shamed, and I'm just trying to think to myself. Okay, that was the tech boom, the original tech boom. Then, a few years ago, I would say probably 10 years ago or 8 years ago, you had the app boom. And so the app boom is interesting. Maybe there's another term for it. But it's interesting because everybody that graduated from any of those schools, Stanford or even the East Coast, I mean, MIT, Harvard, everybody had an app. And everybody was trying to figure out how to leverage uh, some new idea – That could be almost digitized in the palm of your hand to make life more convenient, or to just design something that would be consumed like Instagram or or anything like that, that would eventually get bought out by Microsoft or Google, and then you'd go through however many rounds of funding and then you would become maybe somebody worth a hundred million to five hundred to a billionaire. And it did happen, but for every success story. There we don't hear
1: about the success stories in America. Well, the we don't a- hear about the failures.
3: I think the average startup fee for an app was like $100,000 to $300,000. And to some, they pumped millions in apps. And the apps went belly up and didn't work. The percentage, what was the batting average of the apps during that takeoff time? It had to be very low.
1: Like
3: 1%. And so imagine if somebody was telling you, Ken... I've got this idea. And by the way, me and my buddies—we all had app ideas. I graduated from Ohio State. What what knowledge do I have of any? I of never that? had an app
1: idea. I had three. I just I thought all would be terrible. I had three. Do you want to share them on air or no?
3: Uh, I have one that I still think has a chance. Then don't share it. Don't share it. Uh, and then actually, all the app ideas end up becoming real ideas. I mean, if you thought of it, then somebody else has not only thought of it but had had the actual well, now, roadmap. To the functionality yeah. of it. It's really well, there's hard. There's more to than just thinking
0: about it. A lot of people go, I have an idea for an app. And you go, okay, yeah. what is it? And then they go, well, it's how you get cars to your house. And then you go, right. well, how do you do it? Well, you just go on the phone and you get cars to your house. Like, But mm-hmm. no, there's more than just that. And People don't go past that original. It'd be cool if we got a car come straight to the house.
3: Is- but so that idea, okay, whatever idea you have, let's say it's let's say it's that car app and say Uber right. didn't exist. Well, it's one thing to have that that app idea. Now, How do you go about um, being able to fundraise for this app? Right. How do you get – this is what Elizabeth Holmes – this wasn't an app for her. For her, it was uh, in in the the Bad Blood book or whatever it is. And she's been almost parodied to such an extent. She had to go in front of Congress, and she's been sued, and Mm -hmm. she's been prosecuted. But Elizabeth Holmes had the idea to take uh, a blood sample and be able to diagnose anything with one little pinprick. And it was going to be sold to Walgreens. It was sold to Walgreens. And it was going to be sold to CVS nationwide. And she had all the smartest people in the country with all the biggest uh, backings, financial backings. They all bought in, and it didn't work. The app didn't work. So she got all the way to the point where she was going through her third round of funding, and she was worth a billion dollars. Right. On Your paper, bet. she was worth a billion dollars, yeah. and it, it didn't work.
1: Blew up in her face. Um, I just think I, – because I, you always have to be careful because I don't want to be caught – if I'm doing this, if I'm a landlord, I don't want to be caught not jumping on a on a golden opportunity, but I also don't want to be an idiot because again, for every Bill Gates, there were probably ten thousand kooks just working in their garage and this and is tinkering not, with something. This is
0: not just some guy in Streetsboro going, Hey, I'm gonna do this exactly. thing. You this and is where that all
1: have people were it, they flock out there in masses to do this. And stuff. flat out like, we do this, we even do this to a little bit of a degree in radio. I mean, how many times have people come up to you in the last 10 years? Hey, I want to advertise on your station. And we we're like, okay, at the very beginning, mm-hmm. and you give them one of our salespeople's numbers, and it's like, oh, boy, they were not serious at all. They didn't know, right, right, like, right. they didn't know anything about it, and they weren't, just weren't ready for it, and, and some of the businesses weren't even real businesses. Uh, that's a, That's a little bit scary. But... What would you do if you were the landlord? Now, do I have to ask for a business plan? Do I have to ask for, you know, th- th- there's always going to be the percentage. Um, what I get back, when you do plan to go, which is part of the business plan, when you do plan to go public, what happens if you're bought before that? Because you could say, I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm buying stock. Stock of what? what? What gives me partial ownership in your company? What makes sure I'm protected? Because if, if you're saying I'll, you can buy stock in this company, well, you're not public yet. So what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Well, there. yeah. And
0: you've got to worry about how many of those startups go out there and go, great idea.
1: And then, you know, Amazon goes, yes. it is a great idea.
0: Here's $200,000. We'll
1: take your my, idea now. My whole and thing with you've yeah, lost it, it all. You're totally right. My whole thing with Zuckerberg is that he should have just sold a long time ago, he should have got out a long time ago. I know he can't. But it's like, man, you—I sh- guarantee you—had yeah, a million got, opportunities he's got to get sixty-eight off. billion dollars now. But oh. he could still have forty-something million yeah. dollars and well, sell, and just be done with this, and not have to go testify in Congress, sure, and all this other sure. stuff. I mean, good God Almighty!
3: You know, there's, the, the, yeah, you become maybe at one point you're just he's become a villain. Well, at one point you're just, well, just to 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 many, yes. And when you watch the the Netflix documentary about. You know, the algorithms used, and then you realize mm-hmm. the whole point of any of these apps or or websites are just to get you to stay on the longest. So if it means spreading misinformation, if it means spreading Russian uh, talking points, if it means getting you to hate the other political party, who cares? You're, you're spending more time on this website, and in the end, you're making more money. Mm-hmm. But I also think Zuckerberg in an honest moment, and who knows if you can ever get that robot in an honest moment— I think, I think you know, purpose in life and just the thought obviously ego, ego you, know, everybody assumes they wouldn't get the ego that all these people end up getting. That Bill Gates, should assume That Steve Jobs. Yeah. I, I think there's no doubt that it just comes with the territory, and I think, I think somebody like Zuckerberg believes he's making the world a better place, and that's his path is to continue making the world a better mm-hmm. place. Forever. And will there be some unfortunate consequences of that? 100%. I mean, I think he thinks that he gave the election to Trump because of his website. I think he's talked about that before, Mm -hmm. and and he has real regret about that. Like, I mean, imagine that. He's just running a website. Mm -hmm. The website was supposed to be fun so people could get, so people could hook up with... Women from other colleges I, like, or think, in your college. No like, matter where you stand. That's what he thought. He wasn't thinking, I'm going to change the world to that extent, but he did.
1: No matter where you stand politically, though, are you a champion of free speech, even on the internet? Well, everybody such a thing says as free speech on the internet? I, I,
3: I think that's the catch all, though. I think everybody, and, and Elon Musk is talking about this now constantly. Clearly. I think everybody says they're a champion of free speech. Um, but are they willing to accept all the consequences? Of champion free speech, like is it a free speech uh, for 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 me to be able? Let's say I'm um, let's say I'm in Russia right now, and I want to hack your systems with deep fakes, and those deep fakes are Ken Carmen having sex with an animal. Well, they can do that now, and people will say, "Did you see what Ken Carmen? Did you see the video that was released?" Well, it's, is that free speech? Don't get any ideas, is, Tron. It, is is that free speech? Mm. Or if if I can if I can now make I saw somebody. Somebody had a video of Joe Rogan saying all these things that are counter yeah. to what he actually believes. Well, that's a deep fake. Is that, is that free speech? Are that's you, just fun? Is that a parody? So we all say ooh. we're for free speech, but are we ready to carry it out to the nth degree on what that could mean? I always said, oh, I'm a free speech. Uh, I'm, I'm an absolutist. I believe in free speech. I, I believe in, in, you know, the, the sunlight being the best disinfectant. So get everything out in the open. Well, okay. Okay, do I really believe that? Because we've seen how dangerous that is to see that carried out. I mean, to this day, I'm still getting Facebook posts about how Miam Bialik... How do you pronounce her name?
1: Miam Bialik.
3: Miam Bialik on some of her latest outrageous opinions and what that could mean. And then you click on it, and it's a sponsored post, and it's fake, and it's it's driven by these farm... What do they call them? The, 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 the farm sites or whatever...
1: Farmersonly.com.
3: dot com. No, no, no. Uh, they're they're just trying to get your information. Oh, and, the
1: mining site. Yeah, yeah. Fishing, yeah
3: it's just a fishing yeah. expedition. It's not even true. Yeah. She didn't say anything outrageous, and it's it's all fake. Like it's a very dangerous time to wield that mm-hmm. kind of that kind of power, and it's it's made us. Unfortunately, it has made it's made all of our systems very vulnerable because we're seeing how easily everybody's fooled.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a great point. Didn't think about it in that case. Because I, I, I've always thought that a person who is a quote-unquote free speech advocate, I think that's a very lonely— Troll farm. They call it troll farms? Yeah, that's better. I think that's a very lonely position. I think you're reviled by a lot of people mm-hmm. if you're a free speech person. Because you're, you're not just protecting— regular speech you're not just protecting what it could be seen as peaceful speech you're protecting hate speech you're protecting a lot of nasty things but that's what the
3: yeah that's what the ACLU was for years and that they were famous for defending all
1: they were defending but I'll tell you this they would defend kooks and psychopaths and really to uh, to, uh, to, to, to polite society disgusting people when we were children and Mm. I was taught to dislike the ACLU Mm. as a kid I Mm. was taught who
3: was teaching you that
1: school
3: we had very different teachers
1: yeah we did <laughs> um i was taught to dislike the aclu as a child mm-hmm. because you know they you would hear of these i mean th- racist well, they defend members, the, the baptist the best Bas- the uh west and, Bap- and what's it called westboro, westboro, Bap- westboro, Bap- westboro they would defend the kkk so
3: K- K-
0: K- K- you would baptist, hear that westboro, the
1: aclu Bap- is defending them and you would think terrible and the, the, we, we were taught uh-huh to dislike the aclu so there's there's a lot of back and forth on that because, you know, we always, get, we always say, well, I don't want to hear what they have to say. Okay, but I think it's still up for the person to decide whether or not they want to turn it off. So I know we've gotten away from the whole rent thing, which what we we're supposed to do, it's become a much deeper, weirder conversation than that. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's one of the, you know, that's one of the things that I think he has to weigh in for the rest of his life is how long do you want to be this? How long do you want to do this? Do you really want to continue to? go to congress and have to testify cuz this will happen again it'll happen every election it'll happen it'll happen in 2024 and 2028 and mm. and 2032 and until he dies so there's always going to be some form of misinformation some mm. p- some p- foreign entity or something like that trying to mm. mess with social media in the united states and it's always going to be up to him to police that when does he grow tired of policing his own website and says i've had enough of this mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. Either way, I my first thought is I would like to take stock as payment. I get very excited about this type of thing, but you're looking at a once-in-a-lifetime situation. I have to sit down and listen to a pitch. You have to sit with me. Do you want to sit with me and give me a pitch about, about stock options, or do you just want to be done with it and go find somewhere else to live, or are you just like, here's the money? Forget it. You but don't t- you don't believe in us, take the money. Like I young people are prone to you don't believe in me, that's it. I was like that when I was a kid. Um, and so if if Mark Zuckerberg was young and thinking that way, like are you gonna sit down with me to save yourself five thousand dollars a month in rent and give me a business plan and give me reasons why I should believe in you and effectively as giving you a place to operate and live, invest in your business. That I'm going to make my money, obviously how many times fold over. Yeah. On what I've given you. You know, that's difficult. And I think that could be, I mean, if you're going from 2004 to, again, when did they do it? 2011, 2012? 2012. When 2012. They 2012 when they went public. February, yeah. So you're going to go seven years, eight years without payment, looking for your piece. Now, I understand that Facebook moved from that house to probably another building. You're right. In between time, that's three years, let's assume it was three. Three years of no revenue coming in. Do you have what it takes to carry that because of this investment? You know, that's a question. I don't know. I don't know. How many I mean, how many people out there own property that they own one, two, three, or less than five properties? Mm-hmm. You know, how do they do that? So I think it's very easy in practice, but again, not being cash poor, but you always need cash, what are you going to do? Yeah,
3: it's a, it it's definitely tough. I have a buddy named uh named Walter who uh was at the California Institute of Technology way back in the day and he and his uh his partner at the time Gretchen and uh there was another gentleman. They were working on you Gretch. know they were working on this this big project and supposedly supposedly as Walter will tell me, he ended up selling uh because he had just had his first child. Uh he ended up selling his stake in the company for $5,000. Wow. And he really regretted it. I mean, the rest of his life, he regretted it. Now, that stock became worth billions of dollars in a company called Gray Matter. Uh, if, if you, it, it did get some pub. Mm-hmm. It got some pub. And, you know, Walter, for years, just toiled as a high school science teacher. What's that guy doing now? Uh, well, he's actually passed away. He ended, up, he ended up
2: making meth and selling that. And Walter's dead.